Hello, Edith Bowman here, back with episode three of Play Next, created in partnership with BMW. Now, we have a new episode that comes out every Wednesday, so please don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already. And huge thanks to those of you who already have. Rest assured, I promise you will be rewarded for your efforts with the best new releases channeled straight into your ears every Wednesday. This week, I'm bringing you an epic episode. As always, to start off, I've got my top picks of three brand new tracks I think you need to be listening to right now. Then I'll be followed up by a chat with breakthrough artist and all-round exceptional human being, Dylan Cartledge. And to finish up, I'll be speaking to musician and e-sport fanatic Notes about why he reckons music and gaming go hand in hand. But before all that, let's get started with some brand new tracks. The first track from my playlist of musical offerings is by the mesmerising Arlo Parks. With her pioneering take on New Soul, she's got everyone talking and listening this year, and I'm no exception. The anticipation of what she does next is, for me, a bit like when Billie Eilish started releasing music. I'm so chuffed that we're getting to play her brand new track for you today. Here she is with Heart. Charlie drank it till his eyes burn. sticking to me and I can't quite see my walls started dreaming of a house with red carnations by the windows where he didn't feel so small so overwhelmed by all his flaws I know you can't let go of anything at the moment just know it won't hurt so won't hurt so much forever won't hurt so much won't hurt so much forever 
the moment Just know it won't hurt it so Won't hurt so much forever It won't hurt so much Won't hurt so much forever It won't hurt so much Won't hurt so much I know you can't let go Of anything at the moment Just know it won't hurt it so Won't hurt so much forever The latest delicious offering from Arlo Parks. That incredible ability that she has to tell honest stories over the most stunning melodies. I absolutely love it. Right, up next, we're heading to the homeland for Edinburgh-based trio Vistas. Their May 2020 album, Everything Changes in the End, reached number two on the Scottish album charts and number 21 in the UK. Now, I think they've got this really catchy guitar pop sound, as you're going to hear right now from their new single, Stranger.
proper toe-tapping stuff there from Vistas. You should check out their album from earlier this year. It's called Everything Changes in the End. You're listening to Play Next. Coming up, I'll be chatting with multi-talented singer, rapper and instrumentalist Dylan Cartledge and gaming-loving musician Notes. But if memory serves me, I promised you not two, but three new tracks to kick off the show. So here's your third. From Cardiff, this is Private World with Birdie. World and Birdie for you, our third track for today. If you are liking what you're hearing, then I've got some good news for you. A playlist of all of today's songs is now available on Spotify. Simply search BMW UK on Spotify and click play next to find all of our featured tracks under one virtual roof. This is Play Next, brought to you in partnership with BMW, with me, Edith Bowman. Up next, I'd like to introduce you to a man who describes the music he plays as something like If Outcast and the Black Keys had a child with Muse and Stromae and sprinkled some 90s Britney on it. So not a lot of influences then. Now, I love his music. I think it's really fun. His delivery's incredibly unique. The tracks have these wonderful, colourful melodies and they're really bouncy. So without further ado, it is a pleasure to introduce you to the man himself, 
myself, Dylan Cartledge. Thank you so much for joining us on Play Next. It is a pleasure, sir, to have you here to talk about your fabulous music. How are you? Uh, thank you very much for that intro, Edith. I'm very well. I'm safe and well. That's all I, all I can ask for at the moment. So how about yourself? Yeah, same, to be honest. Um, and this has been a real um, lovely opportunity to enthuse about brilliant music that's that's out there that is something that can put a smile on our faces as well. Do you know what I mean? And kind of help us as well through this whole situation. Um, you're not a singer, you're not a rapper, you're kind of everything, you know, in terms of that. And, and was that an easy, was it easy to find your voice in terms of the sound that you felt comfortable with, that really felt that it was kind of the real you, I guess? For me, I guess it was. I guess for, you know, the you know some of my teachers in school and college, it was less so, maybe a bit harder on the ears. Uh, I, I, I broached it like this, you know, I, I, I'm a rapper, but I do my best impression of a bass player, of a, of a singer, <laughs> of a keys player, and I do all those bits and bobs, but it's very much a, a natural thing. I'm always on the edge of not quite knowing what I'm doing, and that's where I like to be. Yeah, I think that's a great way to be. It's kind of, yeah, on the edge of everything is just great because it's that thing where I think what I get from is kind of, you get, it's almost like your your voice is an instrument in a way. And so it really kind of becomes, it, it's very much ingrained as part of the whole emotion of the song. Do you have a process in terms of, is it a lyric that comes first, an idea? Uh, you know, what's, is there, is there a way that you write? It's usually, and this is where, it, this is where, you know, me being a rapper really kind of helped me in a lot of ways is that it all, the approach to it is a very hip hop approach. It's very improvisational. It usually starts with the bass um, and it's very much just get in, what's the vibe, what's it, how's everybody feeling and let's just spontaneously jump on a load of stuff and make some noise. And so it usually starts off with the bass or, or keys and then, uh, you know, a break beat or something and moves on from there. What would you say has been the biggest influence on you? I'd say undoubtedly it's, it's definitely my experiences. I think, I, you know, my way of learning um, about myself and about, mm -hmm. you know, the things around me is very much through music and that's down to my life experiences. But the first time really I heard, um, it, I was a massive fan of Kid Cudi. It was like, you know, back when it was just about rap in the club and everything and this rapper came out talking about, you know, depression or whatever it might be, his, yeah. you know, his mental health problems. And that for me was the first time that, I realised that music could be more than an MP3 to some people and it very much was to me and, and that's really, I've had a profound effect on me. And that was that important for you then in a way to be a voice that had something to say as well, you know, in terms of you wanted it to be, you know, truthful and you wanted it to cover subjects that, that some people might completely shy away from? 100% because, you know, for me, it was very much, I felt like I had a responsibility because, you know, growing up, uh, you know, how I did and going through some of the experiences, I, I quickly began to realise how lucky I truly was in terms of, you know, not being another statistic or, not, you know, not being in prison or on drugs. Yeah. And for me, I realised how lucky I was. But then I had this overwhelming feeling of, oh, man, like this already, this opportunity is, is rare anyway. So I quickly realised that it's even rarer for people who've had similar experiences. So I felt like, listen, you've got no right to be able to squander this or turn your nose up at this. You've got to make damn sure that these people who don't get these opportunities know that this is a reality and this is possible. There's something incredibly uplifting about particularly the sort of the melodies and the kind of musical side to 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 what you do. And I, I just wondered what where that influence came from, because I love how you describe yourself as a cookie black guy who makes funk music. 
And, you know, you do, you, it's, it's such a great, oh, like, yeah, I'll sign up for that. Thanks very much. Um, but I, I love that. <laughs> um, I, I love that it's, um, you know, it does just make you, it, it lifts you. That's what I love about your music. And so for you, what, what were the artists musically that you really kind of took inspiration from in terms of, of that side of things? I'm massively influenced, like I say, Kid Cudi's massive uh, influence of mine. I really love uh, Jack White. I love the Black Keys. Anything, really, any kind of music that makes me, it makes it like moves you or makes you groove or people to, that like. If I listen to somebody, I feel like to them it feels like more than just a song. Like I really feel that, like you say earlier about the emotion you can bring into a track. I just find that so interesting. And uh, you know, there's a Belgian artist who I really, really love. He's called Stromae, and he's mm-hmm. somebody who's had a really a profound effect on me but you know just lots of stuff I, I'm still like a brother walking around listening to Daddy Cool you know I'm just like uh, I, I just I don't I love a whole host of music but there's some artists in particular Stromae, Kikudi, The Black Keys, Outkast those sorts of bands really That's amazing because that's I love that that's a, you know a brilliantly eclectic mix that isn't sort of genre led because I think the way that um, people listen to music as well is like it's so healthy that people aren't driven by genre and driven by hype as well and I think that it's really refreshing when you have such an eclectic taste and influence in music as well because that's obviously going to rub off on the music that you're making as well now more so than ever you know if I if I wasn't to describe myself you know uh, as a cookie black guy that makes funk music I would say you know musically it, it's a cross between I don't know Outkast and Cartoon Network I'm very much those kids that were you know, <laughs> you know sat watching Cartoon Network and and getting exposed to you know Japanese animation shows as a kid and and really that influx of I guess the deconstruction of pop culture tribalism in the way that mm-hmm. you know people were very select in what they were exposed to um, now we're more diverse ever and that's a brilliant thing and I think we're the first generation of, of people that have, have, have been exposed to such a crazy eclectic mix and I'm fortunate to reap the benefits of that. I'd love to know a little bit more about um, Yellow Brick Road and and Wishing Well, if you wouldn't mind, in terms of of those two songs yeah, and and their journey, really. Let's start with Wishing Well. Wishing Well. So first of all, both of them were written with the same co-writer and producer and friend of mine, a guy called James Dring. Fantastic dude. He was involved a lot with a lot of the production on Demon Days, Gorillas. He's produced uh, four out of the last five Jamie T albums. He's he's oh, just an all-round fantastic guy. And I was just so fortunate to have met him and then to, to work together. And so Wishing Well, it was a song that we'd done. So we'd made three or four songs together and Wishing Well was like the fourth one in the in the line. And so we were, we were really into working together um, we were right into the throw of things and yeah like all the songs that I make it's usually over a two day period I'd gone to London as always mm-hmm. I always uh, go, get on the train from Red Car it starts off it's crazy because it starts off as like a you know a rickety train where you would find like a, I don't know you feel like you're uh, maybe in Delhi or something and then you end up being on like a, in King's Cross Station and you've just totally leveled up and so you go on this like I don't know industrial journey um, but it feels like hog Hogwarts or something, you know. I feel like Harry Potter, you know, getting there, um, which is pretty, which is pretty mad. And so, you know, I, I, I got to London. It's always, always the same deal, you know. I get there, and 
I don't know how I do it. I just, I guess I just wander around, you know, talking to people, being the same, you know, kooky black guy um, while I guess subconsciously, you know, making this track. And then we, you know, we get to the studio. I'd released a couple of songs uh, and whatnot. And I guess, you know, there was a lot happening for me. There was a lot of pulling and throwing between uh, different uh, record labels and stuff at that time. Yeah. Um, and all sorts of different things happening. And I was just felt really torn, a little bit torn. And so Wishing Well was really just about, you know, trying to be able to see the wood for the trees and really just being able to look kind of within myself and say you know what you know regardless of if there is ill intentions around or you know there's murky waters mm-hmm. I'm going to be able to offer some sort of clarity in the situation and, and that's really what it was amazing that's a lovely story what about um yellow brick road yellow brick road uh, a lot simpler it wasn't uh, you know as as sophisticated I literally uh, it's the very first time I'd ever been to a big studio I went to to work with James for the first time and it was crazy because I literally I think I'd used some of my holiday leave from Weatherspoons to go and do this studio session Amazing. and it was like is like is, is this the start of a something or is this like as good as it gets and so it was everything like like I told you you know my story and everything before it was this massive culmination and to me it was just felt crazy and I was like there's no way I'd be doing myself a disservice if everything up till this point I just totally ignored and went in there trying to write I don't know the birds and the bees or you know hello there Mr Postman or whatever it might be I (laughs) was like this song has to be about this experience right it has to be about this pressure and this duality of having one foot in the you know Middlesbrough Weatherspoons and the other foot in you know James Dring studio it was just like uh, regardless of what happens in this time regardless of what happens after this session I'm gonna leave it all in the studio and I'm coming out with something that defines this experience and that was Yellow Brick Road I've not had the the pleasure of of watching you live in in the room, um, but I really hope I get that chance really really soon because even just talking to you and listening to your music, your your enthusiasm and for what you do, but also kind of life is just infectious, and it's a real treat to chat to you. Thank you for your time today. You know, before we go, I would also like to quickly do a freestyle, if that's okay. Oh, yes, please. If that, was, yes. <laughs> if that's all right. The disclaimer I'll say before I do this is: every time I have no idea what's going to come out of my mouth. It's a little bit like jumping into the Grand Canyon. You don't know what's going to happen or whatever. It's just pretty crazy. But you know, uh, let's give it a go. So, um, guess I'll kick a freestyle. Do what I like, even if Edith's drinking in five with her brother. He's called Alex, and they'll go in doing this because you already know. Even if he does it like this, I may not be a girl, but I'll do this. This Darren Brown might draw a swirl and say that Edith picked it like on the radio back in time, but he'll do this because he does. He know, and even if he does it, yeah, I'll do it right. Had a me like you did this, singing on the Fame Academy bridge over troubled water. Yeah, he's got this, and he'll get it unlocked because he does. This is bliff, and I'll 
go round. Yes, I'll do it like I'm crazy. Coming round, yes, this isn't like it's Jay-Z. And even if he does it, yeah, I'll just try to stab it. Even if Edith beat Gordon Ramsay at Haggis like 5-0. Super crazy, done it on the F word. No blurb, he's just doing it just off the curb. Like it's Borley doing out here because he does it like this. You know, kick it with no fear. So I'll do this even if it's on his and he'll do this. Like Scotland, it's Mal Gibson and he'll go round like Braveheart and in the room is Dylan Cartledge and you're going to be hearing about me soon. Check. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> oh my God, it's like this is your life done in freestyle. By D- That's amazing. <gasps> hey, thank you for oh. having me, Edith. Dude, thank you, mate. You take care, stay safe, and I hope to see you soon. You too. Thank you very much for having me. Bye-bye now. That was the exceptional Dylan Cartledge, and here he is with his latest single, Cheerleader. See, now I think today is going to be one of those days where I don't miss my alarm and no drama is in the way because I've been crossing fingers, toes alive, with my lips like frozen tight, adamantly refusing to curse the day ahead of time. Previously, I've been prone to sick tone and Tomorrow's just another day and it ain't happened yet So I'ma take my keys and find out Without doubt circulating round in my mouth It just make me not wanna leave the house But see this time I just kick a smile and bounce like Something you want to invest in with no earlier influence and no prior suggestion. See, now poses my next question, yo. Do you believe in jesting? Cause I can speak a giant heat when Savarup is pressing, yo. Close my eyes and there it is. Stood atop the pyramid. These worries and these fears in the jar still without the lid. No receive no slip from me. Cause all of this is new, you see. Since letting those ifs and buts drift along the road of what used to be. Cartledge, 
think he might be my new favourite. I have got another brilliant track to play you in a little while, but first, I'd like to talk about a pairing more perfect for each other than Mario and Peach, Sonic and Emeralds, Marshmallow and Fortnite. And that, my friends, is music and gaming. Music and gaming are a beautiful pairing. Whereas an artist would have once simply hoped for their track to appear within a best-selling game, the last few years have seen artists like Marshmallow, Travis Scott, Deadmau5, and Dylan Francis playing virtual gigs in the game Fortnite with millions watching. It's safe to say musicians share a similar obsession towards their favourite games as gamers do to their favourite artists. And as a result, fan bases have started to overlap, making winners of both gamers and artists alike. So what can musicians do to get their music across to the widest possible audience? And how is gaming shaping what music that audience wants to hear? We thought someone who could help us answer those questions would be British artist and actor Notes, who finds himself the first UK musician ever to work directly with an esports organisation after signing with esport titans Fnatic. Notes, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, really excited to chat to you because... Well, I guess, you know, you're, you're many things. You've got so many strings to your bow. You're singer, songwriter, rapper, actor as well. Was that always the intention? I guess with uh, performing arts, everything kind of works hand in hand. So when I was in school as well, uh, the main two subjects that I was studying all the way to sixth form A-levels, it was music and drama, you know, double music and drama. I guess it was my intention in some way. I just love the both of them. <laughs> you know, I love expressing myself whenever I can, in whatever way I can. As a musical creative, what are the things that inspire you when you are, you know, sitting down or, or thinking about creating pieces of music, whether that be lyrically or melodically? Things that inspire me when creating music is life itself. Anything that goes on in my life, me taking a step as soon as I get out of bed or something that my girl could say to me or something that the people around me, my friends or whatnot, that they're going through. For example, like one of my first well put out records was Addison Lee. And um, mm -hmm. I was literally talking about a girl jumping in and Addison Lee to come and see me. And that was real life, you know. So within itself, that was there was inspiration behind it just off the back of real life. What's your history as a gamer? I started playing games when it was PS1 and even Nintendo 64, FIFA 98. There was a lot of different games that I was into, but I guess it was because a lot of the, the men around me would love playing games. And that was something that I was into straight away. Was there a point where you recognised that... that music was part of that gaming world you know and it's kind of it's interesting when you think about the different levels of music you know you have the kind of the super mario like kind of sound effects but then you you have you know you have these kind of world famous composers who compose score for games but then 
you know, things like Grand Theft Auto, where they started to introduce, you know, the radio channels within the game sort of thing, which then made a specific connection with the music industry, really. Was there a point where you were aware of that you were hearing some of your favourite artists or artists you were into on games? It was FIFA Street where I started realising that raw like songs are actually in these games or I'm mm-hmm. getting hooked onto the songs that are in these games because I may not have known any of the artists that were singing on these songs particularly. However, I would know the songs, if that made yeah. any sense. And, yeah, I'll, be yeah, able, yeah, and awesome. I'll be able to recite these specific songs back just because of the amount of times that I was playing FIFA Street or the amount of times I started playing FIFA and when Ultimate Team came onto FIFA 11, or uh, just started realising that, wow, like, music is actually in there. And I wanted mm-hmm. my music to, you know, find its ways into these gaming um, situations. Yeah, and you find yourself, you know, cut to however many years later and, and you know... Pushing Up is on FIFA 20 playlist. That's massive. Thank you very much. You know, these are two massive industries, the gaming industry and the music industry. But in terms of artist opportunities, the the way that the two are becoming more and more entwined does offer some incredible opportunities, really creative opportunities for artists to experiment with stuff and and push boundaries and work out new and exciting ways of of getting their music out there, particularly when you can't play live at the minute. Mm, Yeah, no, definitely, most definitely. And for us, I feel like it's a way of us expanding our sound because Mm -hmm. with certain games, there's sounds that are there and there's certain waves that are there that is not normal from what we may be producing on a regular basis or the music that we could be making on a regular basis. So when we're doing this, it's like as we hear everything that's going on in the game and us artists wanting to be in these games, we try to figure out why is that in there? What feeling is that giving the people that are playing FIFA? What energy are they getting from listening to these kind of songs? That's what it allows us to do. We expand the kind of music we make. We broaden our horizon. We make stuff that we've never necessarily thought of making before but it could actually work and it could be better and you know it we could find a new sound from it and grow from it so it's a weird one it's like gaming in a weird way builds us I guess that's really interesting both in terms of encouraging you to experiment on a production level but Mm -hmm. also on a creative level yeah Mm -hmm. in terms of the whole you know the narrative of the song as well as the sound of the song as well in terms Mm -hmm. of that emotional connection you know, that you want to make with that gamer at that point sort of thing. Yeah, no, definitely. I've even thought of finding a way of making the whole Fortnite theme song. Uh, in there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I've tried to find a way of making the Fortnite theme song within a song, you know, at like just to experiment and play around with it. Why not? We're artists. The artists are there to create. We're not there to be the same and follow the same way. We're there to be innovative and find ways of doing things that nobody has done before, you know. Would you say then that the kind of more that music is entwined with the gaming industry almost gives you a different opportunity as an artist than the traditional road of the music industry would? A million percent. And it helps the industry in a massive way where the industry, I don't feel like they're completely aware of it yet they don't realise how much of the impact that, you know, adds to streams and 
adds to people around the world who play these games knowing mm-hmm. of these songs. So when they are getting a stream from somewhere in Japan, they don't know that that is actually coming from somebody playing the game that they're playing and listening to the music that they're listening to, no matter if that artist is from the UK, Brazil, or wherever it, it could be, America. Yeah. Like, it's all being listened to and, and soaked in. What do you think has the bigger impact? A track being on a game like Fortnite or FIFA or a track being playlisted at a radio station? Fortnite or FIFA. <laughs> think of it this way. New seasons of Fortnite or a new FIFA would come, you know, once a year. So playing FIFA 20 from the time it drops to the time the new FIFA comes out. That whole year round, whatever song it is that has been put in there is imprinted in everybody's brain. Everyone. There's not one person that isn't aware of the song that has been put in there. It's massive. It's it's definitely FIFA and Fortnite for me. Um, I've got to say congratulations as well because you are the first UK musician to work with an esports organisation. Brah, 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 brah. <laughs> <laughs> big up, big up. It's huge. Tell me a little bit about this um, working with Fnatic and what it means you're going to be able to do and, and what have they offered you in terms of creativity? What are you going to be able to do? It's been fun so far in terms of, you know, going in there, meeting them. Um, going to their training facility and, you know, seeing their setup and understanding how they are as a company. There's there's going to be a lot that we do together. There's going to be... Uh, I'm going to be going down to the training facilities and streaming from there myself and jumping on Twitch. Yeah, it's, it's, it's been good so far. and I, I can't wait to do, like, big, proper work with them. Hopefully we can just do some amazing things that nobody's ever suspected an artist can do with a gaming company. Do you think this is something that we'll see more musicians doing and and more artists doing? Yeah, definitely. There's quite a couple people that have been doing it. Dave, um, he's like always online playing Warzone when, when I jump online and I see him. AJ Tracy, another one. So yeah, I feel like... It, the door is opening for that to be accessible and for artists to be out there in whatever way that they can be out there. What can we hear from you musically? What are you releasing for us next? Um, so I've got a song with AJ Tracy coming out next. Um, awesome. Nobody knows. And that's going to come out as soon as it can. But that's going to be quite fun. Also got a bit of Britney Spears inspiration in there. Oh, <laughs> but yeah, it's gonna be quite fun. And my first album's gonna be dropping, hopefully, in the start of next year. So that's gonna be extremely interesting as well with the collaborations that I've got on there and the type of sounds that I've been tapping into. And yeah. I've been working on it for about two years now, almost coming up to three years. So I've definitely taken my time with it and made sure that it's perfected. Yeah, definitely. As the first (laughs) album is definitely worth waiting for. Totally. um, Um, Listen, it's a real pleasure to chat to you and it's it's such an exciting time, you know, in, in terms of these kind of new opportunities that are that are there and people just being open minded to to try new things and I'm really excited to see what you do with this new relationship and and, and pro- project with esports and Fnatic as well. No, thank you very much. 
My huge thanks to Notes, or Luckman, as his mum calls him. I just found that out. It is an interesting discussion, music and gaming, and one that we could definitely head down a bit of a rabbit hole with. That is nearly it for the third episode of Play Next, brought to you in partnership with BMW. I really hope you've enjoyed what you've heard. If so, there is plenty more where that came from in the coming weeks. I am going to leave you with an artist who's pleasing many ears with a dreamy mix of melodic techno and ethereal ambience. I think you're going to absolutely love this. Here is Ambassadors with Roots.
That is Ambassadors, a.k.a. Brighton-based Mark Dobson. It's got a gorgeous kind of sunset, dancing on the beach vibe to it. Ah, one day. Uh, Listen, thank you so much for listening to this week's Play Next. I'm back next Wednesday with more brand new tracks and breakthrough artists. Until then, why not be a hero and hit like and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. Until next time, thanks for listening. 